well We shook what our mamas gave us Till we couldn't shake no more We got down on our knees When cancer knocked at our door We got kicked in the ass We gave lots of sass But when it rains it falls Into this half full glass Oh, thanks cancer Thanks cancer Thanks cancer Victories in the dark you're listening to Thanks Cancer. I'm Mimi Hall. I'm Leanna House. We're two cancer friends. We are not doctors. No, and we're not shrinks. We're not nurses or anything like it. And because of that, we are going to use some appropriately obscene language. Let's just call it salty. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish we had when we were dealing with our treatment. So what are we talking about today on Thanks Cancer? Today, we are talking about psychological changes. Ooh, changes. <laughs> changes. That is any physical and or things that people say. I think that's all in your head. It's all of those uh, terrible things that happen. They're not even terrible, really. Well, I think one of the things that's been a wake-up call for me is I'll go into a, let's say, a general practitioner's office, and I know that they're asking me the questions for, are you a depressed person? Yeah, or are you suicidal? Like, do I need to Exactly, keep and we yeah. know, the, are you crying more than once a week? Or, and it's like, and I've just learned to look at them and say, you know, I'm doing well considering my situation because it's necessary right because you've got to ratchet it down and also when they ask you are you in pain you know you have to say nothing out of the usual you know but it is important because you are dealing with a level of physical pain you're dealing with a level of psychosomatic pain and also just life-shifting stuff that would normally qualify someone for depression um you know and and certainly the drugs are out there they're ready to offer them to you but the question is, do you want to add that to that milieu of drugs well, that you're already and taking? you are dealing with depressing stuff. Like, of course, you're going to be depressed. Exactly. Like, so, you are dealing with scanxiety. Scan of course, you're going to be anxious. Like, right. You just what, got diagnosed with cancer. Right. I think you might be a little down. <laughs> really? I didn't notice that I was down when I heard about the cancer. <laughs> like, right. of course you're going to be down. Well, and, you know, some people already are on things like clonopin. And I have actually, I know some people who've, who've been on clonopin when they've gotten diagnosed. They were on it for other reasons. And they actually kind of floated through their treatment very even keeled because of already being on some pretty heavy medication already for depressions that just well, the moral through that. The moral of our story, I guess, is that... We are all a little anxious and depressed when diagnosed with cancer, and for some people it's worse than others. One of the things that seems to be a common denominator is like this concept of chemo brain, and it comes up a lot as like, is this just a form of PTSD? And I think I think what we can all agree on is that there's something called chemo brain, and there's definitely PTSD for most of us who've gotten through something like this, I think. And I think this goes for almost any diagnosis where it could be life or death and you get sort of pulled back from the brink. Yeah. And so your brain is busy worrying about all of this crazy stuff that your life just exploded into. Like you don't have the energy, the mental energy to do anything else. Well, and I mean, one of the things that we rely a lot on in our lives is sort of that autopilot that you kind of go on when you have that mm-hmm. right balance of stress and relaxation and you can kind of just 
go to work and not even know how you got there. We'll suddenly and, like process things. Well, good luck with finding that. Yeah. Once you've just gotten diagnosed with something like cancer or any It doesn't exist disease. for a little while. Like when you go through something. Right. And and it definitely changes your perspective in a kind of kaleidoscopic way. Yes. It it definitely does. And you can't look at things the same way again because you're not the same person. So I think it's pretty fair to say it's like some people fall into a sort of a depression kind of situation. Of Lack of hope. Everything is gray. Everything is a, you know, sort of Well, meh. and on chemo weekends, it's like hard not to feel like I get you. Right. I get you. It's hard not to feel depressed on just a bad winter weekend in Boston. Oh, yeah. Or never, a bad winter April in Boston. Never mind snows. anything else. Right. And then other people will fall into the category of anxiety and... Um, these may go along historical fall lines for you, or they may be new adventures in new types of disorders. <laughs> and, you know, suddenly now it's you like can't an amusement sleep, park. you can't eat, you, you know, I, I know that I got treated with steroids um, just once in the middle of my treatment. Um, it was the first time I got Taxol. It's part of the standard cocktail. And I literally went into a manic spike for three days and I came back and I said listen if we have to keep doing that I cannot do this treatment oh my god I dealt with my mania by writing it's like this weird schizophrenic I dealt with it by online shopping and I wasn't working during my treatment and that couldn't go on that's a shame that it had to stop mania always looked fun to me from a distance until it was like steroid induced for me and then I was like oh my god from a well I mean I always really like it I feel like I get a lot done a lot of like crazy things that like no one needs to be doing i can't do i can't do that anyway so they can be chemically these things can be very chemically induced too but but normal human beings if you mess with their sleep for like three days ask anyone who has a kid they're like crazy people right and you because you go crazy if you don't get enough sleep and that's something that you've struggled with actually too is like you've struggled yourself with like not being able to sleep at times yes no i've had a lot of insomnia through treatment right and i've also had a lot of sleep which you would typically characterize as someone who's depressed but you know actually like when you're healing from cancer or you're recovering from the chemotherapy it's pretty normative so i think it's just important that we all talk about this stuff because very often will be brought up to you, but you'll be in your general practitioner's office and you'll start to think, oh, maybe I'm depressed and I should just take some pills. And I think it's just all important for us to know. It's like, well, yeah, but that kind of seems like a baseline considering yeah. all you've been through. I mean, yeah. You've sort of dealt with the death of your younger, more innocent self. Um, you've dealt with like life changing Maybe job loss, maybe just like loss of your breast or part other part of your body. I mean, yeah. It's this real innocence loss, I would say, just writ large. And yeah. it's just so, I think it's like kind of interesting, like to look at it at the scale. But like, let's talk a little bit more. Like, what was it like for you? Like, what were some of the things that came up for you? And then how did you deal with that? So, I. So, right away when I got my diagnosis, I was very proactive. So, right away, I delegated someone to find me a therapist. And it was like a social worker I can't remember but I designated someone to find me a therapist and uh, when I talked to this person they're like oh well it's so good that you recognize that you need therapy and you really want to do this and I was like wait 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 I do not want to go to see a therapist Mm -hmm. it seems like it like I should like anyone going through something like this should see a therapist 
because you are dealing with things that you've never dealt with before. You're dealing with all the people in your life who've never dealt with this kind of thing before. Like you have, you have real needs. I mean, everyone has real needs for therapy. Like, don't get me started on how I think everyone needs to go to see a therapist. Yeah. But when you are going through cancer or your loved one is going through cancer, like you should talk to someone, even if you've never considered talking to someone before, because it can help to have an outside perspective. Mm -hmm. So I, but I made it clear that I didn't want to do this. This is bullshit. I have to do this. <laughs> but I have to do this. So, yeah. so I went to see a therapist um, for like several times, but she was one of those therapists that like, She's like, oh, you really sound like you have it all together. And I'm oh, like, like, why do I need my no, ego polish? No, like, I don't. I don't want my hour. ego polish. Yeah. Like, I, like, there are things that I feel like I'm doing well, but I also need someone who's going to be like, oh, uh, what? No. No. You Like, that's funny what you just said. But like, hmm. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe will call me on my bullshit a little bit. I found a new therapist that calls me on my bullshit. And, uh... That has been very helpful to me. Um, so that is how I found my way into like the lovely world of psychosocial survivorship. Nice. <laughs> what about you? Wow. Well, I've been in therapy um, off and on since I was about the age of 14, I would say. So I started young um, and I have um, been in active treatment with um, therapists, you know, like we kind of do what I call maintenance visits um, for quite some time since the year, um, I think it was 2001 that we first started our relationship. So that was really good to have in hand. Um, so she was there for me during my whole diagnosis process, kind of like getting into things. And then... And she knew, she's known you, who you are in all background. of your all of your various iterations. Right. And I would definitely suggest that if you have a previous relationship with a therapist, this might be a good time, especially if they're still in the area and you're still in the area. Like, even if they're not, I do my work with my gal on the phone. Um, yeah, it's so easy now. It's so easy now. And um, it might be easier if you have that to reopen that relationship in a way so you don't have to go through the whole history and the person can kind of have what's going on now in context. Yeah. But... I also reached out to a psychiatrist who was available through Dana-Farber. Um, she didn't have a lot of time and I knew that I was one of many women that she was seeing. She's specific to breast cancer at Dana-Farber. Um, but I really appreciated like the concentrated knowledge that she provided and there was no BS. There was no, she didn't get it. She's seen much worse than me. and. Right. I don't know, that alone, like, getting her sort of stamp of, like, look, you're going to be fine. I think you're going to have to look out for this, this, and that. Yeah. You know, and kind of almost her abrupt nature, like, was well, comforting. Well, and it's, it's nice to talk to someone who can see, because she's seen a thousand women go through this before. She's seen all the pitfalls. Yes. So you can talk to someone who can tell you what to, what to avoid. Right. So then I got to a place where I'd been talking to her, like... 
I don't to the gal at Dana Farber, like probably the doctor at Dana Farber. No, she's not she's not a gal. She's probably the highest like regarded. Like, <laughs> she's like, just like adorable. In breast cancer. I'm like this gal and her info. But you know, so she was really good. I saw her like maybe four or five times through my different points of my treatment. Um, I kept talking to my my constant therapist. Um, but I got to a point where I was feeling really disassociative. So I've talked about this before on the pod, but for people who haven't listened, I went through this weird period and I, I sort of attribute it to like blood flow not going into my brain so much during the Taxol treatment. And then this sort of blood flow like re-coming back in, new brain cells being generated for the first time in like, I don't know, four, five, six months, you know. A lot more exercise happening, a lot more regeneration happening, no cancer happening, maybe for the first time in years, you know, a lot of years. Um, and I really felt different. I mean, I would wake up and this was like last spring. It was about a year ago. I would just feel like, whose life am I in? What is this woman's life? It's very complicated. Seems nice. These are nice clothes. These are nice objects. These are nice pieces of artwork. These are nice carpets. I, but I, I was feeling very disassociated. So I sought out a very, very, very expensive expert in uh, recovery from cancer treatment. And it was $500 for an hour and 15 minutes. Was it worth it? No. <laughs> Not for me. So I mean, sometimes the cheaper things, the things that are provided at your institution. Well, listen, it gave, it let me feel like it, this, this was last spring. It made me feel like, you know what? I think I'm fine based on the questions she's asking me, based on the answers I'm giving her. I think I'm fine. I think I just need to get back to work and get on with it. And that's what I did. Yeah. I went out, I got a gig and I like found that my brain was functioning just fine and I kind of came to the realization of, oh, yeah, I guess I've changed. This is my 2.0. And yeah. this is when you and I started talking about doing this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, all part and parcel of, like, oh, yeah, there's no going back. Yeah. It's all – it's very well, it's, much to continue on. It's really hard to know when you're back to your new normal when you have no idea what your new normal is. How many of us know what our normal is, even when things are going great in our lives? Uh, Never mind when you're in the middle of cancer, right? right? I mean, <laughs> there's people who are like, are you stressed out? And I'm like, maybe. I've been in therapy since I was 14. <laughs> maybe <laughs> a lot I'm of stressed queries. out. Right. I can't tell. Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot it's of It's that... like with my menopause. I can't tell the temperature. I can't tell how stressed out I am. I have no internal barometer for that. You're, and let's just say that's chemically induced menopause. Thank you very much. Oh my goodness. I mean, and yes. that's another thing too. So it's like Chemical. when you're in chemotherapy too, you're getting you're getting dosed with a lot of stuff. I mean, I say when you're in active treatment, all bets are off. I mean, I think that you're gonna feel all sorts of anxious and depressed and all sorts of all the feels, you know, oh, because you're going through active treatment. And whether you decide to take drugs to get through that is up to you. I mean. I think that's fine. I also think investigate CBD oil or medical marijuana if that's available to you in well, your state. Well, here's where we talk about some of the things that might make it better, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what are some protocols? So I think that you should try something that you've never tried before because all of your old coping mechanisms like they are gone so true because i mean they're still there and you'll still use them but they don't get you to where you need to be 
Like those are your normal world coping mechanisms. And if right on. if you don't meditate, maybe try meditating. If you don't like someone says, Oh, my cousin's friend told me that this totally works, be like, Yes, 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 snake oil. Like try things that you have never tried before because you're gonna need something that you've never had before. Yeah, I think that's completely right. Crystals became really, really important to me in a whole new way. And um, the same with using things like, um, you know, medicinal mushroom powders and um, just supplements and things that I just felt were like, I, it's funny, it's interesting too, like just eating too. I wanted to eat a lot of like nerve coating things like fats and stuff like that. Like, so I think there's Comfort like some, foods. yeah, like there's some psychological stuff to that, but it's also neurological. Like you need fats, you need omega-3 you know, yeah. to like just coat your nerves too somehow. Find a way of like just yeah. chilling out. Um, also, doing as much exercise as you can to tire yourself out, no matter what that means. That could mean for you, depending on what kind of treatment you're going through, means you walk up and down your stairs or you yeah. make yourself a meal on your own. Well, and maybe it means don't... you can run around the block depending on what treatment you're yeah. getting. But you, but you do what you can. And then whatever you that sleep means well. You. And yes. Whatever it means, whatever it takes to sort of exhaust yourself and expend the energy of your depression or your anxiety. I think it's most important with anxiety to move right. your body, but just gauge it. If you're depressed, you do the walk up and down your steps to get to the kitchen. If or you know, depending where you are in your treatment too, because again, well, I mean, I always again, I always find it so funny in these general practitioner questionnaires, but it's never the GP. It's always the nurse, and they're like. Have you cried? And I'm like, honey, <laughs> look at me. I <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. I we can I... we can check that checkbox. Oh, I didn't know how to answer these questions at first, but just know it's like <laughs> again, just use the phrase. I would say, I'm doing fine considering the circumstances, or yes, I'm in pain, but nothing out of the usual. These these are the phrases that. I wish I had had right from the beginning instead of getting to oh these like existential conversations. Would you be depressed? <laughs> How do you think I'm feeling? How would you feel? Oh my goodness. Had you just had your breasts chopped off. Had ask, a breakup. Ask people that. And... It's hilarious to watch them squirm. I mean, this girl who grew up in Roxbury is... <laughs> And she's just holding it together. I had Barely. one of them segue into, it was actually, this was a disastrous conversation, which I'll never have again. It was the first one of these. And she told me that I might be able to get pregnant again. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Ooh, no, wow. my sister-in-law, you would never know. The baby's oh great. I'm like, I'm so glad. You're really navigating whole new waters. But I'm 46 years old and I don't have a boyfriend. I just went through a breakup. I'm not having a baby after chemotherapy. That seems crazy. I think it seems amazing. I'm totally going to do it. I think you should do it, but you should definitely do it before you're 46. Okay, okay I will next. do it before I'm 46. That's okay, the next, the next so, thing that will really I make you crazy. You... <laughs> I think the next thing that you do is you choose a couple of people in your life. Think of them as your reality committee. Right, which is like why Leanne and I do the podcast so we can hang out and have our reality committee once oh, a week. Oh my right? goodness. Yeah, you're like, my reality committee. This is why we did this whole thing. So 
some people in your life who know you, who know you well, who know what you want, that you can go to and be like, oh, am I sounding like a crazy person? And make sure that you have like those two to three people who will pick up the phone because that's such a rare thing. Like they'll actually pick up the phone like, are you okay? Yes. Like they're going to pick up. They're like, you don't. Or the people who you can at least text and be like, hey, are you around? I need to talk. And and really talk in real life. Talk on the phone. I think it's really important. Ideally, friends from childhood, you know, whatever. People, people who will really... call you out and, like, drag you. People who will come to your house if you need to. Like, yes. try to get that posse together when you're going through this stuff. And, um, and just, just ask them. Ask them to... To let you know where you're at. Well, I'll say this too. Like, I feel like my relationships with my close friends and my family, my new friends too, are so much richer as a result of being vulnerable, coming from that place of vulnerability, which in the end is so much richer. We were just talking about this in regards to storytelling. Like, it's just really like when you come from that place of authenticity where you're like, Hey, I know I seem like I have it all together, but actually I'm a fucking mess. And you know, <laughs> well, you either have a great time or you have a great story, and we have amazing stories. Right, and if if you terrible, come off terrible, kind of and smug and smarmy about it, they're actually awful. Yeah. If you come off, because we've all heard those survivor stories where it's like, and this is the part where I got my colon dissected. And nothing ever hurt. And it was right, all and fun. I was a victor. And like all of it. It's just like, I, I mean, I was definitely accused of having told only victory stories in the past. And I can tell you that like, I have now learned the nature of victories in the dark. And they ain't victory. Oh. They're not like story. Victories in the dark are about like, slaying dragons and i don't think you escape without like some serious scratches yeah and and you're you're all alone and no one's watching ma'am but about that though um take advantage of the cheap cheap therapy in your clinic it's usually really cheap my copay was like 20 bucks to see this really expert therapist who is going to be a resource for you exactly and i wouldn't look at them as your primary therapist i think that's folly i think you need to use them as a resource to get to the next level of therapist um i would say like i, I don't think you need to see a 500 dollar therapist at all i you know just i i'm sure some of them are out there that are worth that i did not see that personally so just well and my viewpoint. shop shop around shop around and I would say you don't. I've gotten so much more out of my original therapist, like who just knows me. You know what I mean? So if you have anyone in your past, if you have a friend who knows someone. Well, and don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Right. And but also, like, I just want to say I totally sympathize, though. Looking for a therapist during this time sucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, looking for a therapist at any time. Right. It totally sucks. It totally sucks. It's like. It's so stupid because it's like you should be looking for a therapist when you're in like a good clean spot. But why would you ever look for a therapist? <laughs> right. It's like the catch would, 22 like, if, of if therapy. Going, wow, you're not right. <laughs> so, but this is the worst time. And there's also so many other stupid appointments. So that's where Ugh. I think it's like. And also you're just going to live. At there's the workplace support too. Which yeah, again, employee I would use assistance. As a, right. I would use as a springboard. And there's usually social workers who will come around. Mine visited me when I was going through chemotherapy. Again, useful as a springboard, I would say. You know, useful is like, oh, here's an idea for da-da-da-da-da, yeah. you know. 
I would also say, like, regarding drugs, people are going to offer you drugs. If you want to get an antidepressants, if you want to take anti-anxiety pills, whatever, here you go. People will give you pills for miles, but think about it. Think about all the other chemicals you're putting in your body. Think about natural alternatives. Things like magnesium can help you sleep at night. Things like, you know, valerian root. Things like Well, and you don't have to exercise isn't night. going to fix everything, but it will if you can do a little bit. It can do a lot. Yeah, and also there's a ton of weight gain usually on modern day chemotherapies. So it'll just help you look better and that will help you sleep better at night too. You'll feel you'll feel a lot better. You'll feel that like, that dopamine is no joke. Yeah. No, it's helpful. I think it's all helpful. So, I mean, yeah, so I mean, another thing like on the like on the tip of like finding new friends and finding like your cancer community. tribe, but your community, um, we have another group to talk about this week. What is it, Leanna? So our community du jour is Cancer Grad. Now, Cancer Grad was the first cancer community that I found that I liked. And it was, I don't know, like eight months into the whole thing. I wish I would have found them sooner. Um, but just people who are young like me and kind of not entertained because none of this is entertaining but can kind of find the funny things in it right what i like about the set is it really has a sense of humor it really has a sense of humor it has a sense of so cancer grad is a website a community that was start started by aniela and nora and now nora is the head of cancer grad um they reframe the cancer experience as going to school so you graduate when you get done with active treatment and you know like what do you learn and what kinds of things did you study and yeah that was a really hard class i i wish i could have skipped more radiation <laughs> um, but really recontextualizing the experience and finding the humor because i found the website through Anyella did a lot of YouTube videos and mm -hmm. the best YouTube video is uh, five weird things I love about my mastectomy and when I saw that I'm like oh this I have to see because like is she gonna be like s totally sarcastic but no like genuinely she found five things to love about her mastectomy and it's hilarious so being able to find people who who were very uplifting was... and, like, and maintain their own personality too yes. right like maintaining yes. who you are through the thick and the thin and not becoming some weird light pink stereotype i love that about them yes we we don't, we don't not i mean the stereotype is a stereotype for a reason i guess but like we are not stereotypes we are individuals who have individual experiences for sure and, and they don't go away just because of some diagnosis. Yeah, they've but they've built a really great community at Cancer Grad where you can ask questions or, you know, just just find your people and be able to talk to someone who is going through the same thing as you in real time on social media. Well, that's awesome. So listen, thanks so much, Cancer Grad. Thanks, Mimi. Thanks, Leanna. Thanks, Cancer. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Thanks, Cancer. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at Thanks Cancer, on Instagram as Thanks Cancer, and on Twitter as, guess what? Thanks Cancer.
And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And subscribe. Yeah, definitely subscribe. And listen, we want to hear your stories too, so please reach out to us at info at thanksgancer.com if you have something to share. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card. We're your passport date, cause cancer's damn hard. Oh, thanks cancer. Thanks cancer. Thanks cancer. Victories in the dark.